So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Um, Alright, so, uh, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. Uh, our favorite foods, volume one. Because we're going to do a yeah. bunch of these, I bet, because we like a lot of food, because we or- like to eat. Yeah, I would also argue that um, this may just be that, you know, lots of us are um, hopefully voluntarily staying trapped in our houses or our locations of domicile. And so um, <laughs> definitely this will be this. This is not directly related to design. Well, sure it is, of course. I mean, you know, you can design what you eat. There's always room for design and food, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, like our podcast is a lot about absurdism, too. Yes, exactly. So um, there'll be plenty of room for absurdity in in this particular conversation, I have no doubt. Yeah, like, Um, for instance, the first thing I listed as, like, my favorite foods of all time, (laughs) the top item on the list is Neapolitan astronaut ice cream. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I Is that... So it's been a long time since I've had that, but I do know that I like it. Um, It's so good. Yeah. What... What made you think of that? Just out of curiosity. Um, it's like a comfort food and it's totally shelf shelf stable. Yeah. So like I I like to keep it around. I don't know. A while back I ordered a case of it, but I think I could only get it in like chocolate chocolate chip at the time. But I really like the Neapolitan oh, because I like the, the strawberry is, and the vanilla yeah. and the chocolate. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It's just such a weird treat, and it comes in these tiny little packages. So, you, like, every time you eat it, you have to sort of savor it yeah. because there's yeah. so little of it. Um, we should make some. I've been wanting to do um, freeze-drying. How do so we maybe do that's that? Something we should. There's, uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, but essentially you have to get it really cold, and then you sublimate out the water. So you're... Oh. Um, there's different methods, but you can do it with dry ice. Okay. You can buy dry ice and then you can um, pack things in dry ice in a, like in a, like a cooler um, yeah. and you can make it happen. Um, but w- there's different ways of, anyway, we'll have to get around to it. That's, um, that's really cool. I didn't realize, yeah. I didn't realize you could do it at your own home. Yeah. Yeah. You totally can. So I think you can, um, uh, just so people know where, so Meg and I are, you know, doing this remotely. Um, right. So Usually we we're together. sitting in the same room at the same time and, yeah. you know, we can actually I respond to each other. We're okay before. You could probably just leave that clipped onto your, onto your thing. Um, if you it want. keeps rubbing around. I'm worried that it's making oh, gotcha. like gotcha. noises. Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway. Um, all right. So uh, let's get to it. So the ice cream. Yeah, so that's that's kind of your your go to. I mean, treat. yeah, I love ice cream. I love ice cream. Yeah, love right. ice cream. Um, I'm trying to think. Ice, yeah. I mean, I love ice cream in general. I don't know. I I think I prefer ice cream over freeze dried ice cream. It's been so long since I've had freeze dried ice cream. It's hard for me to say what um what my what my thoughts are on compa- there's no comparison i mean that's freeze dried ice cream is a separate thing i think it's like there's a similarities but it's yeah it's not even really like ice cream to me i mean it is right. but it isn't yeah 
Um, I, what is like, I, I really like mac and cheese. Like, honestly, ah. it's just, it's so like a good mac and cheese is kind of one of my favorite comfort foods. Um, yeah, me too. Do you know, oh, this is like one of my favorite pieces of trivia ever. Like, yeah. it's comfort food because when you combine like dairy and wheat products at the same time in your intestines, it creates casomorphones, which are like, um, natural morphine type substances and they cross the blood brain barrier from your gut. And so, um, you actually do feel better after you eat it because it's a painkiller. <laughs> it's an That's endogenous really painkiller. <laughs> I, uh, you've mentioned that before and I did a little look, looking into it and it, I, um, I'm not very extensive, but it is, there's very little research. I mean, it's like, that seems like fairly new line of research that people are looking into. Um, about um, that particular activity. Yeah, I don't know. That I could find. Like, I mean, it's it's not um it's not unknown in the sense that it's like, you know, it's not like an old wives' tale. There's like there are people doing research on that. It's just not very widespread, but it's very interesting. Yeah. The um that effect. I heard about it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I mean I mean well relatively I mean, like, long ago. The relative, like 10, our lives are like a years yeah. ago. Yeah. Even forty <laughs> years ago is pretty short in the span of um, you know, like scientific research, but, um, well, 40 years is a lot, a long time to a lot of research gets done. You know, I mean, it's exponentially accelerating our amount of information, but, um, my point being is that what I was getting at is it's not like, you know, anyway, it's an interesting thing. (laughs) Um, I think it'd be fun to like explore that, that topic at some point. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. What else? So Mac and cheese, like I, I know people who have very particular, to me, like Kraft mac- macaroni and cheese is a kind of macaroni and cheese. It's not yeah. my most favorite one, but if I have a craving for it, sometimes I crave the box macaroni and cheese. And I don't mean like some fancy, you know, I want the, the crappy powdered orange powder and the, you know, the tiny weird sized macaroni noodles that you can't buy in the store except for in the <laughs> box usually. And for some reason, like in my mind, like I think the reason for that is when I was a kid that we, I didn't have that growing up. My friends had it. So occasionally if I was at a friend's house, I would have that food. Um, but I would never have that at home. My dad never cooked that or my mom. We had, Um, we had the blue box macaroni and cheese all the time. Oh my gosh. We had, um, uh, my favorite is the spirals and I'll even eat the off brands like the target brand spirals or the sure. target brand macaroni I think is pretty okay. But mm-hmm. what I really get a kick out of now that we have a microwave at the moment is, which is not usually the case. Um, one thing that I really like is those individual cups of macaroni and cheese that you make in the microwave because they're the exact right size for a snack. Otherwise I end up eating four fifths like a whole of pot. a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. too much, and then I'm put off of it for a while. But I love macaroni. I love the spirals, and I love even the Velveeta shells and cheese cup ones are pretty good. Sure, I, I mean they're all good. I'm I I just find the like the blue box is like the go to. Yeah, um, it's got such a distinct flavor. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's it's not good in terms of like <laughs> if you're looking for, um, like cuisine or like like some kind of cuisine's not the right word if you're looking for like a like a high quality meal this is not it right um, but it is that it there's something about it it's just sort of like salt and fat and just starch 
it's like yeah. ready to go. Like it's, it's all the like the you, base materials. Yeah. Here's one of the big questions. Uh, yeah. Do you leave the water in the noodles and cook them with just enough water to cover them and then incorporate that water into the sauce? Or do you strain off all of the water before you make the cheese sauce? It depends on the materials I have at hand. So um, I sometimes add butter and milk, Mm -hmm. in which case I'll drain more of the water. Mm -hmm. Um, If I don't have any of those things, then the water is important for the creation of the sauce. Um, Interesting. If I have only butter, again, I'll I'll keep some of the water back. Um, if I have milk, oftentimes I will I will add milk and not have as much of the water. Um, yeah. But there is a thing about pasta water that makes amazing sauces because of all the starch that's in it. Right. Um, and so I'm not unfamiliar with the idea of like retaining some of the the water. Definitely. I love retaining the water. Yeah. That's my favorite. I like it better because I don't prefer too much butter, to be honest with you, because I find it very yeah. cloying with with the amount of like surface coverage that the sauce gets on each noodle. It's just so much butter. And so yeah. I tend to put very little or no butter in at all. And then I put um, more milk than is called for. And I try not to pour out all of the water so that I get the sauce a little bit starchy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably my default. Like I, when I say butter, it's usually just like a little, like a tab of it. It's not like, I'm not. Oh yeah. Obsessive. Not as much as they call for. No, no. Um, and I know like I have friends who just, it's like one of those like low grade, like, like these like background arguments that have been going on for years. Um, friends who argue <laughs> that it's like no butter at all, no milk or like either milk or butter, but not both or both. And then, but people are very divided on it and like quite clearly like sort of like crunchy versus smooth peanut butter. Yes. Oh God. Which is just a, I, I, to my mind, I don't know. I, I find it funny actually that, um, that there's a clear distinction that that smooth peanut butter, I think, is more popular in the U.S. I like. The I mean, the U.S. is the only peanut butter eating nation, as far as I know. Like other nations, they people eat peanut butter, but they don't sell it the way that the U.S. just eat, sells it by you know. Really. Oh yeah, I mean, when, when I was in Germany, like you couldn't even buy peanut butter. Even in the crazy I mean, USA food aisle. Well, they had they had the worst. They had in the USA food aisle. Um. <laughs> I mean, you mean the homage to corn syrup? Um, yes, it was all just like 1,400 kinds of, you know. Yeah, they did have technically syrup, they had yes. peanut butter there, but they had um, like the Reese's peanut butter, which is basically sugar, you know, a highly, a highly hydrogenated, highly sugared peanut paste. Yeah. Or peanut spread. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily describe that as, as peanut butter. Um, I like. I actually like the natural peanut butters if I can find them. Um, those are usually my favorites. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm not I'm not above eating like a Jif or or Skippy or whatever. What kind of do you eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes, I do. Um, I have a funny history with that. Growing up, I had them for lunch a lot. So after my parents divorced when I was like six, uh, my dad basically peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were my mainstay lunch for school. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had like whole wheat sprouted, like California style, like hippie bread. (laughs) 
yeah. than my dad would. Sometimes he'd make it, but oftentimes he'd buy it. Um, that would be the base of the sandwich. And then it would be, um, he would go to like a food co-op and get peanut butter, like directly from the machine that would grind yes. the peanuts. And so, yes. um, yes. so that would be the peanut butter. And then the jam would be like, you know, strawberry or, or it would never be jelly. Like I didn't have like Smuckers and like Skippy or Jeff like on, on uh wonder bread. So my, my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were quite substantial, um, both calorically because, uh, <laughs> Usually that whole wheat bread is like a lot higher in calories. It's just it's it is. your body bread. has to work super hard to break it down. Yeah. Um, so I would have, <laughs> I would have that, these sandwiches that were like, um, I like, they were fine. I liked them. I had no complaints, but my friends always took pity on me cause they would make fun of me. And they're like, that's not even a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like they hated coming over cause that's what like oftentimes they'd get fed and they'd just be like outraged cause they liked, usually my friends would have, um, They'd have, you know, smooth peanut butter on, um, or creamy peanut butter on, um, on white bread, like Wonder Bread with like jelly, grape jelly or strawberry jelly, not jam, jelly. Jelly. Um, and they're so much sweeter, but they would just be like outraged. And sometimes they'd take pity on me and like trade for half a sandwich, like give me half of their sandwich or something when I was a kid. I remember. That's very sweet. Just being. Yeah, it is pretty sweet. Yeah, yours but, is um, basically like tree bark with some peanuts cracked in half in between. And there's this yes, like exactly. high process. Right. A couple of berries thrown on top if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not a berry. That's squirrel poop. Yep. Um, so, yeah. But I, I don't know. I Having grown up with that, I don't. I, that's still the kind of peanut butter and jelly sandwich I have now just because I don't have Wonder Bread in my or any kind of white bread. Yeah. Do kitchen. you, uh, we just bought a loaf of the like whole grain white bread. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's basically made like to be very reminiscent of white bread, but it's got it. The whole, the grain is intact anyway. Oh, like eaten, it's very soft and spongy. Yeah. L- like wonder bread. Or yeah. Like and bread. I love eating that with just like, American cheese slices. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Talk about your white trash, like childhood food staple. Uh huh. So good. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, where do you come down on bananas? Do you put bananas on a sandwich with peanut butter ever? Uh, yeah, I haven't done that in a long time, but that's, I love that. But yeah, what color of banana, green, yellow, brown? Um, I, I'm an equal opportunity bananist. Like I will mm. eat. I if they're really really ripe, um, I probably won't eat it. Uh, just like when I say ripe, when they're starting to get too mushy, um, that's like banana bread territory. Oh boy! Um, yeah. Otherwise, like I don't mind whether it's green or it's like pretty ripe. Um, they have their they're different. They're different for sure. When I buy them from the store and they're green, I have about a day and a half to eat them before they're too ripe for me. Really. Yeah, they have to be green. There has to be visible green still on the banana for me to eat it. So quite firm. Oh my gosh, sometimes the peel has to be almost impossible to get off. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. How about this? So um, I came to this quite late in life. Uh, What about peanut butter pickle sandwiches? I don't think I've ever had one. Amazing. I I like them. Writing this um, down. Note to self for later. 
Yeah, I think I had my first peanut butter pickle sandwich in like 2005. What um, kind of pickle? Oh, uh, dill pickle. Dill pickle, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I've ever... I don't generally like keep sweet pickles on hand or eat them. Um, I like them okay, but I don't know if I've ever had a... I, I imagine you could have a sweet pickle sandwich as well. But anyway, dill pickles on peanut butter jelly... Or peanut butter sandwich with dill pickles amazing yeah Um, that sounds great there's something about the like the salty and the peanut butter and yeah anyway it's a good mix yeah um do you like deep fried pickles i have never had a deep fried pickle oh Oh. uh maybe also known as frickles i think i've had a yes i've had deep fried pickles i do enjoy them yeah so there was this restaurant in south minneapolis that was legendary and then it closed and then it opened again and it was open for a brief beautiful moment in time and then all hell broke loose with management and owners and it shut down again and was never the same but in that like couple of years that it was reopened and crushing it they had like the best brunch I've ever had in my whole life you can't get food better than this food was it was so good and everything that they made in like the bar behind the counter, you had to sit at a, at a counter. Yeah. Um, and they had a, a fixed menu, like it was set and it didn't change very much unless the seasons changed, but they had all these amazing beverages. Like they made these breakfast malts that had booze uh-huh. in them. One of them was called the Johnny cold train and it was like chocolate ice cream and all kinds of other stuff. I don't remember. But we tried to finish it, and we were eating it with frickles. And, like, on the drive home, I was like, I think I might throw up from this. Like, it was, like, all this super heavy, Uh like, ice cream and malt and then deep-fried pickles with the grease from the deep-fry. And, like, the, like, weird booze mixed in on top of all of it. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) But uh, it was delicious and worth the pain. Oh, I'm I'm familiar with that that scenario. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Breakfast yeah. ice cream. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, man. They had great breakfast there. They had great food. Anyway, um, God, that could just be a whole category of favorite food for me. Anything that used to be on the Town Talk Diner around 2007. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I, speaking of ice cream, I do have a favorite ice cream. You do? Um yeah, so my very favorite ice cream is the Hagen Dazs coffee ice cream. None Ugh. of the like I don't like any of the like the fancy ones with like the chips in them or the mocha chips or whatever or the yeah. like those are too heavy. The Hagen Dazs coffee ice cream to me is like the perfect coffee ice cream because it's um it's not too strong, but mm-hmm. it has it it's like the flavor is coffee. Um yeah. and it's really creamy and smooth and Hagen Dazs ice cream is like generally of good quality. Um, anyway, that's, that's probably my, it's not the ice cream that I eat the most. Um, but if someone said to me, what's your favorite ice cream? That's it for sure. That Um, is a real tough one for me. Like I am, anytime someone asks me what my favorite ice cream is, I'm inclined to say that one. Really? Yeah. Cause it's so good. And it's like, you know nobody, what I'm talking about. yeah, yeah. Nobody else. I get what you're saying. Leave the chips and stuff out of it. You just want the pure. 
Yeah, chocolate, and I've coffee, had coffee, like coffee, other coffee other chocolate ice creams, and it's like they're either too strong somehow, or mm-hmm. um, they've like diluted it weird, or I don't know. I am not a fan of coffee and chocolate together ever. I yeah, don't like I'm mocha. Not, I don't like mocha beverages. I don't like mocha ice cream. I don't like coffee ice cream with mocha chips in it. I will eat coffee ice cream with my own chips added in. Although I yeah. have to say, I love the shape of the Haagen Dazs chocolate chips. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're like little fat, flat, like roof shingles almost. Yeah, they're pretty great. I have um, Haagen Dazs in my fridge right now. I know. Uh, so. Binging with Babish, like on his episodes where he talks about um, anything with chocolate, he mm-hmm. adds a little bit of coffee, but I don't think that's the same as what you're talking about. He said there's some, like he adds it because he says it brings up the flavor, the chocolate flavor. Like you don't taste the coffee. Like somehow it just kicks up the chocolate flavor somehow, um, which I've always been interested to try some of his recipes around that stuff. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I do remember him saying that specifically. Yeah. Um, Binging with Babish is on YouTube, right? Yes. Yeah. That's that one. Remember when we made, um, yeah, I know who it is, but if somebody is listening and they don't know what it is, it's on YouTube. Binging with Babish. And he makes like recipes. It started out. Wasn't he making recipes from like television shows and stuff? Yeah. It's mostly, mostly his stuff is like, it's like, eat what you watch so it's like weird he attempts to make like a recreation of like things that foods that you've seen on like movies and tv and stuff yeah like he does he does babka too from seinfeld or something i think i think he does babka yeah. and like maybe he does some of the soup nazi soups i don't know i mean at this point at this point he's done it so many things so it's, many things cronks spinach puffs from yep. the emperor's new groove emperor's which new we groove, made yeah. and they were delicious they are delicious definitely yeah they're so good um, oh my god, they were so good. Yeah. So, but that Hagen Dazs coffee ice cream. If someone said to me they'd never had ice cream, I would say, well, that's what I would recommend. Yeah. Um, to try, like, if you're interested, like, I think it's just such a distinctly ice cream experience. Um, yes, I love. I loved formerly. Can't claim to love it anymore because it's not the same. Um, there used to be this gelato company in Minneapolis called Talenti and they are the awesome company that sold all of their ice cream in the clear plastic jars so that you could like reuse them. Yeah. And their recipes were incredible and then they sold out and Unilever bought them and now they're trashing all of the recipes and it's not nearly as good as it used to be and I'm upset. I am upset. I am upset. I'm outraged. I am ice cream outraged. That is a tragedy. It is. It's fucking terrible. So yeah. I was going to buy the Talenti double Dutch, um, double dark chocolate gelato, yeah. which is dark chocolate gelato with dark chocolate chips in it, and they didn't have it, and so I bought Hagen Dazs ice cream chocolate chocolate chip instead, which isn't huh. quite the same, but it's still really good. Yeah, I always thought um, when I was growing up, I thought gelato. Well, gelato wasn't something that was in the normal lexicon until I would say like late nineties or mid nineties. Um, yeah, I mean, not, that, not that it didn't exist, but, um, not in any accessible way that Americans yeah. could get their hands on. Right. But I always thought that gelato was like a heavier, creamier version of ice cream, but it turns out it's not, it's actually slightly a lighter, like less, less dent, like it, it's got less fat in it or something. 
the, There's something about it's it. It's aerated differently, and then the ice yeah. crystals in it are a different size. Yeah, but the base of it, like ice cream is traditionally kind of a custard, and then gelato is some other kind of um, yeah. like process. Um, now I want to look it up and be accurate about it. Um, I also oh, like... Right, it's, it's base of milk. It's like, it's milk base is like whole milk usually, as opposed yeah. to like heavy cream. Ah, um, okay. And it usually has less air. So it's not like, that's what it is. It's less of a whipped cream. So it seems denser because it's not this like whipped cream experience. Mm-hmm. Like ice cream is oftentimes like kind of whipped to some extent. So it's like, it's, it feels lighter texturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's actually like more fat content. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. I just always thought that was interesting. I, I really like custard like too. It's less rich. Custard. Oh yeah. Yeah. How about just custard in general? I love custard. I love flan. Yeah. Oh, flan is very good. Oh my God. I love flan. Flan is like, if you've never had it, it's like, what's that? It's like a little custard with like caramel sauce poured over the top of it. Yeah. What's that movie? Um, it's so good. What's the movie with, uh, Jack Black and Christopher Walken and, um, why can't I think of his name? Um, oh, I just hit my elbow on the table so hard. Oh, no. Oh, God. Christopher Walken and Jack Black? They're in a movie and they're... Um, oh, it's called Envy, I think. And it's also got... And I I'm, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. Um, ben Stiller. And, and they're what? in this movie. It's hilarious. And they're in this... I think it's called Envy. And, like, the premise of the movie is that jack black like is jack black and ben stiller are neighbors i think if i remember correctly okay and then jack black like invents this um this product called vaporize which is hilarious it's this like spray can that you spray on dog poop and then the dog poop disappears and um the whole (laughs) story and so then he becomes really rich and then Ben Stiller's character is like frustrated with his neighbor and all these other issues. But anyway, at some point flan becomes this like major thing in the movie, like late in the movie. And I always <laughs> think of that movie whenever people talk about flan. Um, Excellent. It's a, it's a very good movie. I highly recommend so, it. I think it's called envy. Let me just make sure. Cause Alskis are like obsessed with flan. Like my whole dad's side of the family loves flan. And we went to my grandma's house one time and she tells my aunt cubby like, Oh, I thought about making flan today um, for you. And Cubby's like, you made me flan? And she's like, no, I thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) It was so disappointing. Don't joke. Don't toy with my flan emotions. That's awful, right? (laughs) Um, I also put on my list, if since we're on the subject or adjacent to the subject of chocolate anyway, I yes. put dandelion chocolate, which is, I mean, dandelion chocolate and mission cheese, well, and a couple of select people that I like are my only reasons, my only justification for ever setting foot in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, that's that chocolate is pretty good. Um, although the last time we were at Mission Cheese, we had quite an experience. Um, I don't actually blame Mission Cheese for that. The actual food was good. Um, food was, was great. Kind of, the food was great. The um, the process the of acquiring the, the food was difficult. The, the service in the end was amazing. It it was not. I don't blame them for the problem that happened. It was definitely the server. Well, the guy at the counter was like just ridiculous um 
but that has I don't blame. I want it on record that. that like a fellow Californian admitted to that because. Oh, I. I, it was ridiculous then. I would I admitted it then. I mean, I there's no, I don't have any like, um, loyalty, like, I, like a loyalty or allegiance to the great the great state of California. Um, I mean, all the state. That, yeah, if we want to get like, into, uh, it, do you remember when I made you watch that movie that Ice Pick and I watched called Wine Country with like Tina yes. Fey and all yeah. of Amy Poehler and Rachel Dratch and everybody right. else? Um, <clears throat> it felt like something out of that movie. It was. I mean, there's a those those movies make fun of a thing that is very real. Um, the way that the guy asked you, like, you asked for some wine, and you were just like, "Well, what do you recommend?" And it was like it just became this huge ordeal where he was like, "Well, that would be a wine pairing." I don't even want to get into this story because I feel like it's it, we should save it it's, for like it's a full its podcast. own episode because it's its own episode. There's like um, the first half of which was my experience, and then the second half, which was like the subsequent experience of the people in line behind us. Yeah, it was just like the lineup of absurdity. It was like just it was absurd anyway yeah. um this uh, it, it mission cheese is a great place like this is i highly recommend it it's um, fabulous even and dandelion if, chocolate next door is great. it's good enough that even if you had like the weird experience that we had every time you went there it would probably still be worth it but oh my um, god i still go i mean like i'm guaranteed to have some version of that experience every time i set foot in california in that neighborhood that's true. yeah so uh, like i it's i just know i'm going to have to put up with some level of that yeah in order to yeah. get my hands on the best chocolate anywhere and also the best cheese <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> all right and let's, they should let's... be eaten together <laughs> <laughs> they... <laughs> um, oh man that yeah um all right let's pivot to uh just general groups so all right we covered ice cream um we've covered yeah. mac and cheese at least pizza you know pizza pizza is I I had this pizza that um when I was living in New Jersey and I was living in Jackson and I was working in this like biotech firm and um there was my friend Tim and I would go for lunch sometimes to this like this little bar that served probably the best thin crust pizza I've had um in my whole life like it was just so excellent uh but then at some point like towards the end of my my stint there they changed the sauce or something and tim and i were like man I, it's, it's done it's over oh. whatever they had done it was such a bummer but man that pizza was so good um, oh, that sounds i'm nice. not I, i'm not like i don't feel strongly about what constitutes a pizza but i know some people do are you how do you feel about that the only thing oh there's a couple of hard and fast rules that i observe for my own selection but, like, mm. I don't care what other people eat. I don't care. I mean, if you're going to make a thick crust pizza, like, if you're going to do a deep dish pizza, it's either got to be Chicago or Detroit style. And there's a difference between the two of them. And if you care about pizza, you should know the difference. But, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't care if it's thin or thick crust. But, like, within the categorization of what you're doing, you should do it well. Um, yes, right. I don't like... I don't like most kinds of ham at all. So mm -hmm. any kind of like ham on pizza, any kind of meats on pizza. I'm not a big meat on pizza person unless it's just plain like classic pepperoni. Uh -huh. Although 
Once in a while, I will indulge in like a garbage pizza, which is just like throw everything on it. Uh huh. Yeah. And and I don't particularly. Oh, I hate green peppers on pizza. Hmm. What um, about red peppers? I'm not a huge fan of red peppers. I like peppers when they're hot. So like habanero peppers, okay. I love. But okay. bell peppers are just gross. Right. Um. I shot. I love anchovies. Yeah. And those are great on pizza. I don't even mind shrimp on pizza if it's those teeny tiny little ones. Oh, uh-huh. I I mean I've I've had pizzas that have had those kinds of things uh, like had shrimp on them that I've enjoyed, but um it wouldn't be my go-to. Like I wouldn't normally order that unless someone was like this is really well done. My um, favorite style of pizza I think is Neapolitan. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty great. Yeah. Um Yeah, I like I, there is something really good about like if the sauce is done and well and the cheese is good and you've just got a little extra basil on there and it's like oh, ready to go. So good. Um, yeah. I like, I think tied for second is, you know, like Giordano's Chicago deep dish pizza mm-hmm. or like a big giant triangle New York slab pizza. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like um, I just, I mean the, the Neapolitan pizza edges out both of them. But oftentimes yeah. when I'm like, I want pizza, I'm thinking of like triangle slice New York pizza. Right, right. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, there's something also, this kind of brings me, like speaking of like East Coast, West Coast, there's something about the bread on the East Coast that is, and I, it's done better. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Um, like... I generally don't enjoy Subway sandwiches, um, mostly because the bread is so awful. Yes. Oh, God. So bad. And I don't understand. I, I, I don't know what it is. Like, when you go to the East Coast, you can go to, like, a gas station, like, chain and get a really decent sandwich with good bread on it before right. I would go to a Subway. Yeah. Like, Wawa sandwiches have amazing bread for some stupid reason. I mean, it's not stupid. They clearly they know what they're doing, but I don't know what it is about how it's so hard to get decent bread. Like, I don't buy sandwiches on the West Coast because what's the point? I don't, I, the the chances of getting like a decent sandwich around here is just pointless because the bread's so. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why I, it is that why I, can't they make a decent sandwich bread? I don't know. Uh, you got me, but I agree with you. I like I'd have to look into it more and be like, oh, maybe this is a taste thing and people just prefer the bread over here and that's why they keep making it the way they do. But I I would just argue like on the East Coast, I'd be like, oh, let's go have Subway. Let's go have subs, not go have Subway the sandwich, mm-hmm. like the chain, but like let's go have subs somewhere or go have some sandwiches. You know, I will say this, like firehouse subs don't wow me with the bread. I like the bread, but it's not like the best bread I've ever had. But I really like yeah. their recipe for their tuna fish. I like their tuna fish subs. I might have to try that sometime. I went to Jimmy John's and I was like, do you guys put soy sauce in your, in your um, tuna fish? And they looked at me like I had cracked some national secret and they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, then I don't want tuna fish. Like you don't, it's, it's mixed in, right? Like you don't do it at the time that you make the sandwich. And they're like, no. And I was like, okay. They're like, how did you know that? And I'm like, cause I can taste it. Right. 
Like, I'm not an idiot. I know what soy sauce tastes like. And as soon as I bit into the sub, the sandwich the last time I bought one from them and I ordered a tuna fish, I was like, why does this taste like soy sauce? Or maybe it wasn't Jimmy Don's. Maybe it was Herbert's and Gerbert's or something. But it, there was, like, a big rivalry in the Twin Cities for a long time with, like, the sandwich yeah. shops. And as far as I'm concerned with sandwiches, Minneapolis, there's nobody better than Caffrey's. And you might as not well not even try. Like, just go to Caffrey's. It's fine. If you're going to have a good sandwich, that's your, t- your top recommendation. Yeah. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh. When they were redoing 35W and getting around town was really difficult because the major highway from the north end of town to the south end of town was completely demolished. It took forever to get to Caffrey's. And so I would, like, call up my neighbors and be like, who wants Caffrey's? I'll go get it. Just because I was, like, desperate to get it. And I was like, I have to make it worth the trip. Huh. I I don't know if there's any place that I... I know people are kind of into like, oh, you know, make sure you go to this or that restaurant or this this place or that place. I'm not... There are some... If people ask me about taco joints in San Diego, I can recommend a few. But I'm not... Um, I just don't get cravings that way. Like when I go somewhere, I'm not like, oh man, I'm here. Like I can't wait to get this or that. Or like when I come, like if I've been traveling, like I was gone for a month last, you know, in uh, just a couple months ago before the, before the lockdown. And um, yeah, I wasn't like getting back to San Diego and being like, oh man, I can't wait to get a taco. Um, the way other people do, like my friends yeah. who I was visiting and they'd moved here uh, or they'd moved from here to Germany and they, um, they kept saying, they're like, well, don't you go like you live really close to um, this or that, like, make sure you go get there. Or when they came back because they'd been visiting, they're like, yeah, we spent a week. We went to like five different taco places. We went to so many taco places. They got sick of tacos. And I was just thinking <laughs> like, I, I love tacos, but when I'm away, I don't. I'm not like, oh man, I can't believe I'm never going to have a good taco again, which seems to be oh, the case man. when you go other places. I don't know. Um, I'm totally in the taco list group. Like the, I, I what am I going to do if I never eat another taco again? Yeah, I, they are really good. Good tacos are, there's something about them. Um, taco panic. I have taco panic. Taco if panic. I go someplace I with no panic. tacos, I'm like, I need to assemble the bits and pieces to make my own tacos, which you can't find. <laughs> you can't. You really can't. No. It's very difficult. Um, I I guess like I'm, and it's not just tacos. Like it's everything. Like I just don't have, um, I don't have a go to food that way that that disrupts my life if I move and then I'm like, oh man, I'm never. I like it, wistfully I might be like, oh man, I miss having a good taco place or a good like you know, Mexican <laughs> food shop or yeah, um, sushi a little bit. I when I was living in England at the time where I was living. It was like, you couldn't get any good sushi. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Um, I remember thinking for a moment, like, uh, speaking of favorite foods, their sushi is up there. And it's hard to say. um, It's not a particular. I just really good sashimi or like really good raw fish is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's I, I love fish eggs. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty fun. Um, I'm not. They're not high on my list. Like. Like I enjoy them, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of them as a favorite food. There have been, let's see. So quarantine started sometime around like March. Well, I saw you March 11th and we went to see Dan Deacon. And then like immediately after that and I almost daily since then I've been like, Oh, I wish we could get some sushi from Ninja Sushi. And then I can't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer. I, I, and it's always um, those Ikura fish eggs I want, too. 
Oh, I gotcha. So you've got a like a particular craving for a particular food. There. Oh yeah. I yeah. hate salmon. I don't like eating salmon fish. I don't like it, but I love salmon eggs. What about raw salmon? Mm, so it has to be, well, we've eaten raw salmon bagels and lox. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, or like smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. I like smoked salmon. I do not like salmon as sushi. No. Interesting. No. I, I like it. Okay. It's too um, heavy and greasy. I, I like it, it on a be, bagel yeah. or on a, on a English muffin or whatever toast for breakfast with capers and that's pretty good and cream cheese and stuff. That's oh, fine. So but, yeah. um, that's because, you know, it's like really rich and you're kind of using it almost like a topping as opposed to like the base of the food. Like I, I don't right. like poached or smoked salmon or, um, steamed salmon or like mm-hmm. cooked uh, it's just gets so oily and heavy and it's so pungent. Oh God. But the eggs are great. Pungent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also have like an extreme weakness for crab legs and I have my own yeah. claw cracker cause I love them so much. That's hilarious. I know, right? Yeah. I'm super good I'm, at c- cracking them too. I don't have like a lot of experience eating shellfish. Um, I mean, I've certainly had some, uh, Considering where I live, like I'd probably have, I'd probably eat it more, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't trigger anything for me. That's like really like deeply like craving it's, it's, I really enjoy it. Um, but not the way, not the way other people like you seem to really enjoy crab legs. Yeah. Um, I love crab legs. I think I ate like two two pounds or two and a half pounds the last time we went to eat um there was this place in like outside of minneapolis that my friend andy and i went to because they had all you can eat crab legs one night a week it was like wednesday night or something and we didn't eat all day like we were starving and then proceeded to eat for sure at least four pounds of crab legs each and it took us several hours and like all of the tables around us turned several times and we were like no we're gonna we're going to demolish this and we're going to make the most of it. And we were so like dehydrated. Afterwards. Oh, I can imagine. Like we weren't dehydrated. There was just so much salt in our system that like uh-huh. by osmosis, like you could just, I was just swelling up and no matter how much water I poured in me, it wasn't enough. Like I was uh-huh. so thirsty for like hours <laughs> afterwards. Uh, oh, do God. you eat them with butter? I do, but very sparingly. Yeah. Like, I don't put tons of it on. So we had what we called the crab stravaganza one night. And uh-huh. um, the grocery store near us was selling crab legs for $12 a pound, which is pretty cheap. Actually, that may it may have even been cheaper than that. It was, like, insanely cheap. And so wow. we ended up with, like, 17 or 18 pounds of them. Uh-huh. And we cooked them in the kitchen, like you steam them in a giant pot. And we just spread paper out on the table and like you would do at like a clam bake or whatever and just toss all the parts in the center and eat as you go. And our friend Tessa like ate like, Oh my God, almost four sticks of melted butter. Like so like a pound of butter. And uh-huh. and then like later was like, Oh my God, I think I got like iodine poisoning or something, which is not 
feasible yeah. in this situation uh, because I'm like shitting my brains out. And I was like, it's because you <laughs> ate a pound of melted butter. Like your insides are a slip and slide. <laughs> right. That food's just like woo the whole way down. You ate like all the butter I had in my house. It was funny. That's hilarious. It was totally delicious and wonderful. There were like, I think five adults and one kid sitting around the table, just destroying crab legs for hours. Speaking of butter, I just um, and also binging with Babbage, which we were looking, we were talking about earlier. I watched an episode of his a while ago about making these cookies, and I was like, I was going to make cookies today, which I did, and I um, I loosely followed his recipe. But the thing he talked about uh, making chocolate chip cookies was browning the butter first. Yeah, which oh, I yeah. did, and I have to say, makes amazing cookies. Um, those cookies <laughs> yeah. are amazing, which I'm now not going to eat for like a couple of weeks because I've definitely got to go on a diet. <laughs> they're so rich they're so good though but <sighs> i mean i'm gonna eat them i'm just not gonna do what okay. i probably would do which is to eat all of them in one sitting um i need to not do that we know that's what i do yeah oh yes we do <laughs> <laughs> i was recounting that um that experience of you eating those chocolate cookies that i made mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how funny it was because i was like i don't no where did they all go and then you were like so quiet the rest of the time for thanksgiving and i was like why is meg so quiet normally you're quite you know up and at them doing your thing like yeah getting in you know a loud mouth loud mouth which is great and uh yeah. you were just so quiet and then when you left i found like before you left i came over and you were like literally standing in front of the fridge open pouring heavy cream into a spoon and eating a spoonful of heavy cream one at a time it's fucking hilarious. You've eaten so, so many of those cookies. Oh my god, we ate so I ate so many of those cookies and I ate like so much pumpkin pie. Oh god. And was, so yeah. much whipped cream and I was like, "Oh god, I feel terrible." And we drove back from your uh-huh. house to our house, the 171 miles or whatever it is. <clears throat> yeah. Got home and immediately I just puked all of it up. <laughs> <laughs> all of the Thanksgiving I had eaten. And if you'll recall, I had not eaten solid food in over three weeks because I had had yes. my fucking third molars taken out. And then I had complications from that. And so I hadn't eaten anything but like chicken broth for like right. three weeks. And then I tried to eat like, oh my God, it must have been 8,000 calories like, of just like sugar and fat. Just pouring it in. So funny. Just totally pouring it in, yes. And then I was like comatose for two days. I know. <laughs> oh god, so good. That was oh a good time. man, so good. Um what else did I have on my list? I think I had oh, I was gonna mention like um Tom Yum soup is one of my favorite things ever. But oh, yeah. Tom Yum soup for me is a a long, dark, twisting road full of disappointment and failure because my favorite Tom Yum soup is the best Tom Yum soup I've ever found in my entire life from my old neighborhood in Minneapolis. Um, <clears throat> from Sen and Lek and Joe, the guy who owns the restaurant with his wife, Holly, makes it. And it's incredible. And it's the best Tom Yum soup ever. And I always get tricked into trying Tom Yum soup off the menu elsewhere. And I'm always like, this is no good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's a bummer when like something like that happens. Um Yeah, that's all right. 
Uh, Tom Yum soup is a pretty good. It's a pretty complex flavor. Yeah, um, there's so much and going it can, on. It means different things to different people. It can it can really have like a lot of different incarnations. There's two Thai restaurants um, in my neighborhood, right up this like literally across the street from each other, and the Tom Yum soup that they serve is entirely different from each other. I mean, they're yeah. they're grossly in the same category, and and they have the same general constituents of ingredients, but their flavors are very very different. Um, mm. Yeah. I, I think Plumeria's is very similar to Joe's, but not yeah. quite. Like uh, Plumeria's is vegetarian um, or yep. vegan. Yep. Uh, I mean, in this case, it, it probably doesn't matter. But um, And then uh, the one across the street is like what I would call like the normal, the normal, the normal yeah. Tom Yum soup that you would get. Like it has, um, it's got more, it's probably got like chicken or some beef base or something. I don't know what they use, but chicken. it's a clear broth. <clears throat> yeah. Chicken. Yeah. It's a clear broth, but it's still, um, it's nothing like what Plumeria serves. Plumeria is, uh, is excellent. Plumeria is just uh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing food. Um, uh, I think that's like, Oh, I was going to say, it's kind of funny, like, in my list of favorite foods, right next to astronaut ice cream, I put garlic and tomatoes and pizza. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, those things all go together. Well, it's funny, too, because sometimes before I have dinner or whatever, I'll eat the sweet stuff first because yeah. whenever I, I, I don't favor sweet things, I prefer savory flavors. And so uh-huh. if I eat something sweet, I have the inclination right afterwards to eat something salty or savory to kind of, like... <clears throat> yeah t- tame down the, the sweet and so if i save dessert for last i often end up feeling kind of like incomplete about the whole thing so if i eat dessert first i'm like oh that was great i got the whole dessert in i didn't run out of room and i'm not left with like this cloying sweetness i can eat my pizza now or whatever <laughs> like i right, love to right. get um cannolis and then have the cannoli and then have reheated leftover pizza after it Oh, that's interesting. I have, um, like my preferred method of putting on weight. Um, not that I ever (laughs) put on weight, but the way that I know that it happens, um, is what I call like the sort of like the sweet savory cycle, which is usually, um, nachos. Mm -hmm. Like I love like making nachos, especially with like jalapeno, like pickled jalapenos on them. Yeah. Fucking love that. So I'll make nachos and it doesn't actually matter what order this happens in. So, I like to eat ice cream, so yep. I will have a dish of ice cream, and then I'll have nachos afterwards, which I'll then immediately follow with a dish of ice cream, which I'll then immediately want to follow with nachos because there's that like nice. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I, if the, I'm not careful, like I can just get caught in the cycle of like you know I'm gonna watch it like you know I do my work or whatever, and I get work done for the day, or I kind of have a productive day, and then it's in the evening, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have nachos for dinner. I'll eat nachos, then I'm like, I'm gonna have some ice cream, and I'll eat the ice cream, and I'll eat fairly small portions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'll be like, oh, I didn't. I'm like, I've still got a little more room. I'm gonna have a little more nachos. That was really good, and I'll just go through that cycle like three or four times, and that's like just the death, like downward spiral of of joy and pleasure. This is incredible. Yeah. So how to hurt yourself with nachos and pizza. Yes. Yeah. And ice cream. Yeah. Well, it doesn't hurt that bad. It's later. You pay for it later, but uh, right. Yeah. That's you should have like 
<laughs> you should have like some don't do this, but you could put passive aggressive notes to yourself on your fridge. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like I could. I um <laughs> my plan actually is to just uh be really nice to myself and be like patient and yeah. try and like ease myself through this transition of being like, well, you're at home a lot and I'm going to need to find ways to uh start regulating the way that I'm eating and exercising, so Mm. that's just just what you do one thing that i found um to be super fun about this whole situation yeah for me anyway is that like when you go to the grocery store all of the obvious stuff is gone like frozen pizzas like when we went to the grocery store when this all started Mm -hmm. frozen pizza like everything that you could just throw in a microwave or an oven was the first thing to go and they left behind all of the really good stuff like freaking burrata and yeah and and like French loaf bread and like spinach and all kinds of things. And so <laughs> crudite. So yeah. uh, we've been eating like really well and we've just turned making food into this like all consuming hobby. Uh huh. So like we're making all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. Well, I've been kind of doing the same. Um, I mean by myself, but uh, I've been, Basically, all the all the kind of perishable foods are still like heavily stocked. So I try to buy like greens and, and yeah. vegetables and things like that, and make like really good salads or make like interesting dishes. Like I made soup the other day. Um, yeah, people seem to be kind of like manically hoarding all of the like shelf stable products. Um, yeah, which is whatever. It's kind of a bummer because um, <clears throat> sometimes don't do you, that. Like you know, need a little bit of this and that, but, um, I, it seems to have calmed down in my neighborhood. Like generally everything is stocked. The only thing that isn't relatively available is toilet paper right now. Um, I seem to be able to get milk and flour and eggs and cheese and, you know, the daily staple cereal, things like that. But, um, yeah, anyway, we'll do a, we'll do an episode about all of the things that we're making. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, anyway, favorite foods. Uh, I think, um, I'm trying to think if I left anything out. Uh, My only remaining thing was loaded baked potato. Oh, loaded baked potato. Loaded baked potato is pretty fucking good. Um, I, I don't have them enough. I have some potatoes. Maybe I should make, I don't have any russet potatoes, which make really good baked potatoes. Um, I think I have gold potatoes, which aren't, aren't quite the same. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> loaded baked potato is pretty amazing. So what constitutes a loaded baked potato for you? Well, for me, it has to have both butter and sour cream. Yep. Chives. Yeah. Some people put bacon on their potatoes. I generally don't, but I have. I like uh-huh. I like uh, cheddar cheese on my baked potato. Oh, that's good. Yep. Um, salt and coarse ground black pepper. Yeah. And you can throw on some red onions if you want. Okay. That's my. Sounds pretty good. That's your. That would be. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like baked potatoes? I just I I, I just like eating them as a meal, just like a baked potato for dinner. Yeah. When I was growing up, um, I, I for whatever reason I just did not like potatoes growing up. I think it had to do more with just kind of the nature of who like really like introduced them into my life. Um, 
because prior to my dad remarrying, we didn't eat, we ate potatoes occasionally, but we didn't eat like baked potatoes or like, and I always just found baked potatoes to be pretty dry. Um, like mashed potatoes weren't that exciting. Um, the mashed potatoes that I was eating at the time, like I've since had amazing mashed potatoes, but, um, I generally find like russet potatoes to be a very dry potato. Mm -hmm. Um, and like not, it doesn't have a very strong flavor. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I started cooking for myself and found out that there are all kinds of other potatoes that are amazing <clears throat> that I had started to love potatoes. And for yeah. whatever reason too, when I was growing up, I just French fries were not my jam. I didn't, I don't ketchup. Isn't that appealing to me? I like mustard way more than I like ketchup. Oh. Uh, you can eat much. You can eat mustard with French fries, which is fine. But um, ah. again, like no. just not that exciting. It is not. That is not okay. Listen, all food is just a vehicle for ketchup, which is the real goal here. I see. Well, I would argue I feel that way about mustard. Um, uh-huh. But ketchup, I just, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. Like, I love sugar so much. And for some reason, ketchup just doesn't appeal to me. We should just make our own ketchup that you like. That what? That you enjoy. We should make ketchup that you enjoy because I can't let this go. I I, I cannot okay. accept that you're not a huge fan of ketchup. So now I have to figure out there's, some way to make you love it. There's ketchup. Um, the Trader's Joe Trader Joe's ketchup is is excellent for ketchup. It's the best ketchup I've ever had, and I'm just not ketchup. Just doesn't. I don't know what it is. Like it just doesn't really appeal to me. Like there's something about it that doesn't hit. I love tomatoes. I love sugar. I love tomato sauces. Um, Maybe there's some ketchup out there that I'll enjoy. Yeah. But like Heinz, like I take it or leave it. It's just not that exciting. You know, there's this restaurant in Minneapolis called Hell's Kitchen and they have Uh their own ketchup recipe that is like you eat it and you're like, my God, I've never before tasted ketchup. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm in to try it. Like I'm, I'm down to, I don't have an aversion to ketchup. So if you want to drag my ass all over the country till we find the ketchup that appeals to me, I'm in. That sounds like a great adventure. We're going to have to do this. That's just, that's just going to be the thing now. Okay. We can do it on the road, the traveling ketchup explorer. I don't know what we're going to call this. There needs to be some like sub subplot in our podcast. Oh boy. Yeah. And this could be one of the ones where we run around and like describe what we're doing. Yes. Yes. On the search for the, see the search for the world's best ketchup is the, is the, the impetus behind us taping everything. Right. This is. Yeah. Did you ever watch um, Dave Gorman's Google Wack Adventure? I'll did you to, tell I'll me to watch to, this before? No, I don't. I just would have been something you came across. It, it came out a long no. time ago. There's. Um, it's such a great show because um, he. I, I mean, I don't know how much this is true because I only watched the show. But in according to the show and what he says, he basically was paid to write, like given an advance to write a book, and in his um, infinite ability to procrastinate he got um obsessed with this idea of what's called a google whack which you can't do google whacks anymore i don't think but um, a google whack was any two words put into google that returned exactly one hit and (gasps) um which google doesn't work that way anymore i don't think you can even it's impossible to do it so he somehow he derives this like i'm i'm not going to ruin it for you but um google whack adventure dave gorman People should Google it and watch it. It's probably on YouTube or some other thing. Like it's been around for a long time. I think he did it in 2004 or something. Okay. Um, anyway, it's a, it's an amazing movie. Um, 
it's just him describing this adventure he goes on uh i forget where i was getting oh my point being is that we <laughs> just be like it's like you know yes we're doing a podcast ostensibly we're doing a podcast but really it's this like obsession with finding the catch-up that ned might actually like yes um, I, to be clear i don't hate catch-up but you're looking for a catch-up that i'm going to be obsessed with yeah like, and i'm talking oh, about like ketchup, ketchup that you is. just you love it so much you're like i'm just going to eat this ketchup now Right. Kind of like, um, I never really drank coffee until my, uh, my ex introduced me to, she bought me a cappuccino. No, it was a latte from this French, um, cafe here in San Diego called, um, uh, I forgot what the name of the cafe is. We go there sometimes. Um, the Mod. French place. No, Madeline. Madeline's yeah Madeline's or anyway there's a it's a French cafe there's a and they I've had both the very best latte I've ever had from them and also mm-hmm. the very worst and it's Aww. kind of a crapshoot but typically it's like I shouldn't say the very worst I it, it's it's perfectly passable but when you get their very best it's amazing and when you don't you're just kind of like oh and I don't know what it was and I don't even know if that's the case I, I don't drink their coffee that often um just because they're they're not, I, I don't actually buy coffee that much, but when I do, their coffee is pretty great if I can get it. Um, yeah. Or their, their espresso drinks. I don't know what it was. They just pulled a really good shot at that time or whatever. But anyway, after having that, I kind of chased <laughs> the, like that started me out on the whole, like having espresso and, and enjoying coffee for the first time in my life, like at the age of like, you know, 31 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So. So, yeah, I mean, this has been a very rambling podcast. I don't know. um, I'm sure people are going to be like, what are you talking about? All your podcasts are rambling. Like, where's where's the form and structure? Where's the point? Get to the point of this. Um, There is none. There is none. It's just a series of interviews. There is only feature creep. There's only feature creep. Um, Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, we did get... um, I think Chris is going to upload the book. Um, So speaking of feature creep, like just kind of people who are are kind of tentative anybody who's listened to all of our podcasts may have heard us talk about a book that we've been working on so that is actually um i think going to be submitted for test printing this week yeah so um hopefully next week we'll have some copies to look at and then we might actually be able to put it up so that's kind of the latest news do you have any uh, tips for living well in hell to go? With I do. I My tip for living well in hell is like extremely appropriate and like straightforward. And it's just learn to cook food that you like to eat. Because if you're stuck in your house like we are right now in a version of hell, which we are right now, then it's really nice to be able to have all of your favorite comfort foods without having to go seek them out and not find them or risk exposing yourself and other people to pandemic by doing that. And so like making, being able to just make your favorite stuff is like really important to just feeling human. Yeah. I think that's a, um, a great tip. I mean, obviously I want to recognize that that's also a huge privilege. A lot of people might not be in a position where they have, um, where they can, you know, people are kind of struggling right now with lost jobs and lost income and stuff. But if you do find yourself at home and you kind of find yourself with, you know, the ability to weather this, then, then that's a great tip for sure. And um, making food at home is generally a lot cheaper than eating out. It is absolutely. Um, it is understandable the time, you know, it's a time trade off, but, um, yeah. yeah, 
Anyway, I do. I don't. Sorry, I feel like I diluted that tip. I think it's a good tip. No, um, I don't think so at all. I think you make okay. a very good point. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, where know, possible, where, where possible, yes, where possible, obviously within the bounds of your current your current reality. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was one I've had on the list for a long time, but uh, it just seemed very. Uh, it seems appropriate. Appropriate yep. <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that that concludes our um, our first remote session podcast, and we'll see how how well that's received. And uh, we know people are listening. We've we've gone from audience to audience. Um, yeah, that plural is is definitely happening. Woo! I've seen there's the statistics are showing people are interested. So we'll keep Hi, rambling creeps. and keep working on it. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. All right. All right. Bye.